buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. Today I've got Shaheem Alam, and we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, top of funnel, uh, outbound prospecting. We're going to talk about some common mistakes and dig into you know what's working with LinkedIn, email, phone, um, and this is what they do over there uh, with their outsourced top of funnel uh, services that they provide. So Shaheem, thanks so much for coming on today. Before we get into the tactical stuff, just give us the short version of your sales story. Yeah, for sure. No, thanks Colin for, uh, for having me. Happy to be here. Um, my, my sales story actually started, um, I was in, uni- I was in university. Um, and then for a few specific reasons, I had to drop out of university and I was looking for a job, found this door to door gig that was commission only. <laughs> selling yeah. uh, and air conditioners door to door in Toronto. Sounds um, like my kind of di- my kind of gig. Yeah, man. Um, I started <laughs> it and <laughs> in the first three weeks, zero sales. I'm working like yeah. six days a week out there, 10 hours door to door, door, just knocking, knocking, knocking and just getting nothing. Um, but then, you know, I had a really, really good sales manager. I did like a lot of my own due diligence and learning as well. Finally picked it up, got my first sale. And then, yeah, I did that for like two or three years, built a big team. Um, yeah, they eventually went to appointments and things like that. Then eventually after like three years, moved into tech sales, uh, you know, became an SDR for a, for a FinTech company, then became an AE for another company, um, and really found myself in these SaaS and tech sales kind of uh, companies. And then eventually, uh, co-founded Five Rings Marketing, where we help other tech companies, uh, with the top of funnel lead generation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, they say you got to build a thick skin in sales, right? Like you hear yeah. it's a, I mean, door to door, door to door sales will do that for you. hundred percent. Like, you know, and I always like say this, like what, you know, when I have kids, I'm going to put them in a door to door. Like you want to become tough. You want to like learn how things, how people work, yeah. how to get around. Like, yeah. Door to door, man. Go sell some crap door to door. Yeah, I know, man. I uh, I got three kids, and my wife's already got them started early. You know, when yeah. the neighbors are selling lemonade, they're they're running up there negotiating. You know, uh, if they're selling it for a you know if they're selling it for a buck fifty, they're yeah. asking for three cups for two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So wow, man, door to door for three years. Uh, you probably developed a lot of skills. I mean, what are some things you learned? early on that just really, you know, still stick with you today? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think like number one is when it comes to like sales, like it's it's a numbers game. Like door to door is a numbers game. That's not one thing that I've definitely learned in terms of when it comes to sales. If I knock two hundred doors, I know I'm coming out with something. So at the end of it, it kind of like comes down to whoever like just grinds the hardest. Like that's the rawest prospecting grind that you can kind of do, right? Door to door. So like just that raw hard work, I would say is one big thing. Number two, I would say that is that sales is learnable. Like I said, like the first three weeks, like I, I don't come from a sales background. I was never like when I was in like high, like early high school, middle school, I was a very shy kid as well, you know, and I just feel like it is learnable. You can you can learn it. And for me, it was Brian Tracy's psychology of selling that did a lot, you know, that helped me quite a bit back in the day. Um, that'd be number two for sure. And I think number three, what I learned from all of that is just uh, out of all the things. I mean, in terms of a skill, I would say like just understanding who you're who you're talking to, and yeah. like understanding the person you're talking to, and then just like mirroring, matching. You know, those kind of things are super super important. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Definitely numbers. I get that, right? You know, knock on a lot of, you, you know, you got to get enough up bats to, to, to be able to swing, right? Yeah. Um, but then making the most out of those opportunities when somebody does, you know, answer the door or pick mm-hmm. up the phone or reply to your yeah. message, right? Yeah. And understanding who you're talking to, right? So yeah. being able to adjust and, and, and really actively listen to ask proper questions and drive the conversation in the right yeah. way because... Um, you know, little, little details matter when you're, yeah. when you're, when you're having conversations with people. And I think a lot of times salespeople are looking for that silver bullet, like, Hey, give me the script, give me the playbook. If they yeah. say this, I'll say that. But like dealing with people is just way too dynamic. And, you know, you, you said being able to mirror and be able to, you know, match and be able to like really understand who you're talking to is yeah. such a big thing to learn in sales. If you want to be successful. For sure. And actually, you know, and I'm going to scratch it. Like, I think the biggest thing that I picked up from doing door to door, I used to work seven days a week, man. Seven days a <laughs> week, it was like negative 20 degrees outside. I'm out there knocking doors. And I think like the biggest thing that I've learned is if you want to succeed in sales, it's not a nine to five. Like, it's not a nine to five. Like, you're grinding. You got to put in 10, 12 hours a day to get the results. And then it's rewarding. The reward is there. But you got to put in that work first. And I think yeah. that's probably the biggest lesson from sales. Which, and, and, and I think when you, if you're just getting started in a new role or if you're just getting started in sales for the first time, like you got to be able to put the, you got to be willing to put, you know, make some sacrifices absolutely. and, and put the grind, you know, time in. Um, that was one of the things that I learned early on. You know, I, I didn't even, I barely made it through high school. I didn't go to college. Like there was not a lot of opportunity for me. My first real job was lugging around furniture. Yeah. Uh, so when I got a sales job, I was like, I'm going to make the most of this. Cause you yeah. know, people around me were making a lot of money. Uh, it seemed like an opportunity and I didn't think I was going to get many others. Yeah. And so it was, you know, 12, 14 hour days, getting the list ready on the weekend. And yeah. you know, it, it doesn't have to be like that forever, but in the beginning in a new role, in sales for the first time, like you got to be willing to put that work in and something that, you know, somebody told me early on is like, you want to be successful here, just outwork your competition and you'll yeah. be fine. Exactly. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and I tell my guys this all the time. Like it's, it's the work that, like you don't practice in the game, right? You're an NBA player. You don't practice during the game. You practice during practice and you play during the game. It's the same thing. You're, you're eight hours of work or whatever your hours of work. You don't practice during that time. You got to practice outside of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. And, you know, that's why there's things like sales communities and, you know, doing some, you know, role playing with your peers or your coworkers, you know, um, asking some friends to review your email copy, you know, like, you know, send them your prospecting videos, get some feedback. Like, you know, you can't just send a bunch of crap out and see what's going to stick. 100%, Hundred percent, man. Um, no, man. I was at like when I first started in door to door. I'd be at a bar with my friends. I'd be like, "Hold on, man. Let me pitch you a furnace." You know, I'm like, "There's a furnace right here," and I'm just, like going through the whole pitch. Boom, boom. I'm at home. I'm pitching my mom. I'm pitching my, you know, my brothers. Like, it's yeah, it's 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 crazy, but it, it pays off. Yeah, sure. I mean, pitch some people that are gonna give you some real honest feedback, right? Like, yeah. they have no. They have no, uh, you know, it's not going to matter to them if they hurt your feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, then you got into tech sales, and 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 that's where you really started to develop a lot of the things uh, that that you now you know do for companies, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like I started uh, working at this. Um, it was a startup called Street Context, based out of Toronto. Um, I was just an SDR, like entry level, man. I went from like this sales manager, like door to door, boom, boom, straight to entry level SDR. Um, and it was just cold calling, finding leads, you know, on LinkedIn, getting their phone numbers, calling their office, getting past gatekeepers, sending emails. And back then, they didn't even have an email automation thing. I'm like copy pasting templates from a Google Doc, you know, sending those off, like getting responses. So just like a yeah. lot of manual, yeah. Manual, manual work and that's where I was like okay so this is the other side of sales um, the digital yeah. side of sales yeah yeah alright so uh, I, I love that because you went from like managing a team to actually going to, to SDR and, and I think you know yeah. a lot of people trying to break into tech sales don't realize unfortunately a lot of tech companies are, are, are not going to love it if you don't have a lot of tech experience. I don't personally agree with that, yeah. um, but that's just, that's the world that we live in. Um, and sometimes you got to be willing to, you know, take a lower role just to get in and then, you know, show them what you can do. I mean, I was just, you know, I just saw somebody post something on LinkedIn. I mean, they took a, you know, they took a SDR position three months, got promoted to an SDR leader after another six months, got promoted to AE. Like it's possible if you get in there and show them what you can do, but you know, if you can get over yourself and your ego to maybe yeah. take a move like you did and it clearly paid off. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was a, it was a crazy ride, man. And like the reason why I switched to tech sales at all is because like, I didn't want to be in the door to door game for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> why, why not? Why not? <laughs> Crazy, man. No, it's, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of reasons. But basically, you know, like I didn't want to be 40 and still managing a door-to-door team and have, like, going out on the field, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, like, let's switch. That was a career move. But around that time, and I'll tell you a bit of a personal story, is so I made a lot of money doing door-to-door sales. I also spent it all. Terrible financial mm. decisions when I was younger. My early 20s, worst, worst financial decisions. Um and then I also spent the money that I should have paid to taxes because it's all 100% commission, right? Mm. So I'm working at Street Context and I'm working, um, you know, as an SDR and I get a call, CRA, you know, Canada Revenue Agency over here. Uh, I get a call from them. They come to my house. That was my business address, like when I was uh, yeah, doing door to door. And they give me a bill for $110,000. Okay, like so mm. I owe 110K and I'm an SDR making like 40K at that time. Plus a little bit wow. of commission or whatever. So after working at Street Cons for a little bit, I said, like, okay, like 
I got to go back to HVAC. I got to go back to door to door. So then I actually left the tech world. I went back there, started making like the kind of money I was making before again, paid, started paying off, um, you know, the, the big, my, my debt to the government. Um, and then eventually like working through like a few, like a, another, I would say year and a half, two years of doing HVAC sales. Then I was in a position where I came back and, and then started working for a company called Renoron, which is a construction technology company. Um, then that, and over there, then I was an AE. Um, and yeah, so it was kind of like crazy. It was like, you know, door to door, get into tech sales and learn this digital stuff. Oh shit, gotta get back into the, back into the grind, door to door again, and then come back in. And then from there, I was like, all right, I'm in a much better place now. I can actually focus on, you know, building a future. Wow. Wow. What a wild ride. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's not. Do you ever just, do you ever just knock on doors occasionally for fun? Uh, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I just think, like, oh man, it'd be fun, you know, just to get another day out there on, on the field, just get out there. It's yeah. like, I wish like that was a service that we could offer as a company. We do link, you know, LinkedIn cold calling email door to door. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, man. Out there, it'd be a lot just, of fun. Just, just to see if you still got it, right? Oh yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> man. Especially now, like I think COVID definitely put a, probably did a big reset on door to door because nobody knocked yeah. doors for a year, right? So these homeowners, they're 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 not annoyed anymore of all these different people coming to their door and selling different kind of stuff. I yeah. think there's a big reset for door to door probably right now. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that when you were talking about. It. I was like, man, if you did door to door during COVID, that's a yeah. tough gig. You know, yeah. people would be offended if you knocked on their door. Like, I mean, they already are in most cases, yeah. but they would really be pissed off. But uh, now, or it could be the other side, right? Like you, they're not seeing anybody. They're, they're super yeah. pumped to answer the door because somebody's coming yeah. to visit. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, I they might invite like, you in for coffee or something. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Yeah, because it got to a point where it's also so saturated. Like everyone's selling something. Door. There's like driveway ceiling companies, uh, you know, cable and phone companies going door to door energy companies gas like everything is door to door right and yeah some homeowners will be pissed yeah yeah but yeah all right so 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 tell me let's uh let's deliver on our promise here yeah. we talked about you know we we, we said we we're going to talk about some of the common top of funnel mistakes that you see companies making. And then let's kind of talk about, talk through like what you see that's really working right now, you know, on these different channels like LinkedIn, email and phone. Yeah, for sure. So I think that, you know, working with so many different SaaS and technology companies, one of the biggest kind of mistakes or you know, trends that we see is that a lot of founders will build their product, then try to find a buyer. Right. Mm. Versus like finding the buyer first and then building a product for them. Right. Yeah. Which is how it should be. But most people just build a product and then hope to find a buyer after. So a lot of the work that we end up doing is really helping them find who their right buyer is. We're doing a lot of customer discovery for, for our clients. These are early stage startups. And so, you know, that would be one of the biggest mistakes is like just not understanding like who your buyer is, what. And then so a lot of the work that we do is really uh, involved in building a customer profile and like buyer personas to understand, okay, well, you're saying that this is who you think your buyer should be. We think that these two other personas are also, you know, a really good target for you. And we're going to dive deep. We're going to learn, okay, you know, what keeps them up at night? What are their biggest pain points? What are, how does your product actually provide them with an emotional value, right? 
Like mm-hmm. we all know feature selling doesn't work. You're you can have all the features in the world, all the bells and whistles, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like what is it actually doing for them and what emotional value is it delivering? So that I think like if whether you're a salesperson or a startup founder, you know, starting sales is spend a lot of time really learning about your buyers and yeah, fo- focus on that quite a bit. Yeah. So even before your product's fully flushed out is what you're saying. Yeah, and, 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 and I see more companies, I see more companies getting on board with this. Cause I yeah. think that this, this people have been beating on this drum for a little while now where yeah. people are starting to realize like, Oh, you know, maybe my idea is not the greatest, greatest thing ever. And you know, maybe yeah. there's a lot of things that I haven't considered. And so I see a lot of people more like, you know, beta rolling stuff out, you yep. know, getting some early adopters, collecting feedback, you know, yeah. really slowing things down before, yeah. you know, they're really getting after it because I think enough people have been burned of like, you know, yeah. building, you know, something that nobody really gives a crap about. Exactly. Exactly. And, and your product doesn't even need to be the best to sell it. <laughs> like yeah. it needs to be good enough. Right, because if you have the greatest product, but you don't know how to sell it, or you're not targeting the right people, yeah, then you're not going to stick around very long. Even if your product is great, yeah, exactly. And and you have to know, like, who are you building it for? Like, who is your product built for? Right? Like, well, who do you have in mind when you're building your product? And then when you're building it, well, how well do you understand that person? So, for example, our services, right? Like, we know our bread and butter, our target, our niche is B two B SaaS founders that are that are you know mid early stage. We understand them. We know their pain points. Yeah. We know what they're doing. Uh, you know what their problems are, what their goals are, and things like that. And so, when in our sales presentation, like our sales team, they'll drop in keywords that will resonate with them. They'll ask questions that we know are relevant to them at the stage that they're at. And, you know, there's a million lead generation companies out there, you know, like that's not like it's that's what it is. What there's so many lead generation companies. Yeah. And, you know, one of the ways that we were able where we've been able to differentiate ourselves is really framing our services in a way that resonates with these startup founders. You know, our packages are not we used to call our packages like basic all inclusive VIP. But then yeah. we did um, a lot of work and like now our packages are called go to market packages. Right. Because what are they're, they're going to market? That's what they're doing. Yeah. We're I mean, not, the language, the language and the messaging you use matters so much. So much because they're going to market. We don't talk about lead generation. We talk about customer discovery. Right. We help you do customer discovery and get your first few customers that you're looking to get. Right. Like, so things like that is when I, when I say that to a founder, they're like, oh, like, yes, like these 10 other companies are helping me with leads. You're helping with customer discovery, which is the stage that I'm at. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I get, you know, being specific and, and sort of niching down, right? Yeah. And then speaking the language of the people within that niche or that, you know, subset of people um, that need, you know, that this is going to resonate with. Now, I think a lot of people are, are, are a lot of times scared to go that route because then they think it's going to it's going to scare off other potential people that that maybe doesn't resonate with. So what what do you what are your thoughts on that? I think that, like, I, I don't think you can have a product and service that's for like everyone in the world, right? Like that just doesn't yeah. work. So I think to a certain extent, you do need to know who you're building for, who your buyers are, like, well, where's the best fit, right? And it's okay to not have a good fit. 
right? If I'm on a meeting with a prospect and it's not a good fit, I'm just going to be honest. I say, hey, like we could probably do this. It's, it's probably going to be a two, three month thing and we'll try it out, you know, and we'll and have a couple ideas of what we can do, but it's not our ideal fit, you know, because you're, right. you're, you're not a technology company. You'd say you're like a consulting company selling something else. Like, we'll try it. Like we had a, you know, a, a client that was a, a design agency, for example. That's not our bread and butter. He, he knew that. We were honest about it. He tried it out and it actually didn't work. And I, you know, and then, then that's all right, but you should know where your value is and then focus on selling that. Yeah. Yeah. But even there's even value in what you just described there, right? Is, is, is cause we talked a lot about like figuring out who your, who your niche is, you know, who you serve best, whose problems you can solve. But like sometimes finding out who you're not a good fit for, who mm -hmm. you don't best serve, there's a ton of value in that as well, right? Yep. Because nobody wants deals that are going to churn or exactly. aren't going to stick around or you're not going to be able to deliver for because that ruins your reputation. Exactly. They typically take up a lot of time. It's hard yeah. to scale and be efficient, right? Yeah. So you know now, you now know, hey, design agencies they're not our, they're, those are not our jam. Like, so yeah. we don't have to waste time in, you know, trying to pitch and sell and figure out and churn and all of those things. And you can be more focused on the people that you can serve and do the best job for. A hundred percent. And we learned that too, right? At the beginning, obviously when you're a new company, you're taking whatever comes your way. You're, you're grabbing onto everything and, and you're trying, yeah. but it's true. You get churn, you don't get good reviews. You don't get references from those. You wasted a lot of time. There's a lot of headaches you know, a lot of pressure from clients and it's just, it's just not, it's just not a good thing versus when you know what works and you stay within that, you get those referrals, you get good case studies you can share that are relevant, close more deals, you know, things like that. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, it's, it's hard for sellers or founders that sell, uh, you know, to be disciplined enough to like turn away business. Yeah. If you kind of know it's not a good fit. Um, but if you, if you do, you know, want to try something just like you mentioned, right? Like be super honest and authentic and transparent about it. Like, Hey, we typically don't serve people like you. Uh, I think we can maybe work it out, you know, in, in, and we can give it a try because yeah. then at least they don't feel totally burned if exactly. it doesn't work out. Like if they're willing to go on that journey with you, knowing yeah. that it's a bit of an experiment, then at least you can end it, you know, on good terms. Cause I like to tell everybody that I work with like, Hey, the goal is to deliver a good experience right. regardless of the result. And yeah. you know, sales hustlers are probably like, geez, you're saying that again. Cause they heard me say it a million times, but yeah. it's just so true. And, and, uh, and I love, you know, reminding people of that because whether you do business together, whether you don't do business or you do business and stop doing business, like you need to deliver yeah. a good experience. Exactly. And and a lot of that delivering a good experience comes down to managing expectations. And that's all you're really doing at that point, right? You, by being honest, you're managing expectations. You're not selling, you know, the dream and then delivering nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, so you guys are working a lot with, you know, companies that are trying to, you know, find their product market fit and in yep. early stage. Um, you know, you mentioned you guys are using LinkedIn, email, phone. Um, what are some things that you see, you know, that are working or not working across yeah. those channels? For sure. So, um, first things first, you're reaching out to a certain set of people on LinkedIn, right? So again, going back to that customer persona, buyer persona, we spend a lot of time researching and understanding who we're reaching out to. So that's number one. 
Number two, that translates into all that research translates into our messaging sequence and when we reach out to them. And, you know, if you're on LinkedIn, like don't be one of those people that are sending essays that are sending like those big, big messages. You know, oh. you can just no one's reading them, right? And it's just yeah. and, and it's it's really interesting how LinkedIn and email, they're both like text, they're both digital or whatever, but they actually have very different approaches that work. People are on LinkedIn to network and you have a little chat thing. It's almost like, you know, you're, you're texting. It's on your phone, yeah. right? And so you have to yeah. almost treat it as if you typed out your message on, on your phone and you sent it, right? And, and keep it casual. Keep it just a lot less formal, a lot less wordy, but get to the point, right? And some of the things that are working for us, and this actually ends up changing every three, four months. We're always experimenting. Something that works works for a little while, everyone else adopts it too, and then it stops working, and then we gotta come up with something else. Um, but what's mm. working now is like, just, you know, we'll just say like, hey, hey, John, you know, um, we're working on something that I think might be relevant to you, or we're working on something that I think might be interesting to you, given your background. We're building a platform that does, that provides X benefit by doing, you know, X, Y, Z. Wanted to run it by you, get your thoughts. Would you be opposed to a conversation? And that's actually like, I'm going to give that away. Like, would you be opposed to a conversation? It's a killer CTA that's working for us. It's like Chris Voss, right? Getting the no, uh, yeah. getting people to agree with you by saying no. So instead of saying, would you be open to a conversation? Would you be opposed? Um, it's working pretty well. And anyway, so that kind of a format or just asking for like yeah. feedback, asking for thoughts. No one wants to book a call. No one wants to book a meeting. No one wants to calendly link shoved in their face. Like just be very like colleague to colleague type of approach. And you know, that's what's working on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love so many things about that. Um, I love that you mentioned, you know, is a, a DM, you think of a DM like a text message, right? And you know, you use the language like you're texting a friend. Now, maybe there's some things that you, you, you would text to a friend that you're not going to put in a LinkedIn DM, yeah, but yeah. you know, uh, and, and using language where like, Hey, we're equals, right? Because a lot of times people get really caught up in like, you know, being very submissive in their messaging of like, you know, there's some sort of hierarchy thing there. And it's like, no, we're peers like, Hey, you know, I'm just wanting to get your opinion on this, get your thoughts. I love the, you know, going for the no there with, you know, are you opposed to, or, you know, I love, uh, one that Jason Bay likes to use a lot, which is, Hey, would it be a terrible idea? Yeah, like you're making an assumption that it's, it's an, it's a no. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, helping them sort of feel like, Oh, I got the, the, the power, the control here. Um, yeah. and so there's a lot of, you know, psychological things there in, in the type of messaging that you're talking about to drive results. And, and yeah, man, nobody wants a link shoved down their throat. Like, you know, yeah. when you see four paragraphs in a link, like people don't oh even read God. that shit. They delete it. Yeah. They block you. They're pissed yeah. off that they even accepted your connection request. Yeah, exactly. And you know, a lot of times when we do onboard a new client, they always ask us like, Hey, like what kind of marketing collateral do you need? What links do you need? What kind of this is other? Honestly, we don't put links in our messaging sequence. Like this is LinkedIn. No yeah. one wants that. We're just, it's just a conversation. That's all it is. They connected with you. You're both professionals. Just have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I mean, counter links actually piss some people off. Yeah, there's some people like people have just overused the calendar link thing. That 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 some people even just don't even like links. Like you know, yeah. Better call to action is you know any thoughts? What do you think? Are you opposed yep. to? Would it be a terrible idea? Um, those are all great examples of you know where you're you're just looking for people to raise their hand, That's right? It. Like, I mean, 
come on, how many people have you, I mean, if you're sending links out there, like, please, is that shit working? Like, it, it can't be working. Like, nobody's clicking on that. It's like, hey, this looks so interesting. I'm going to take time out of my day, yeah. find a time, like, I'm super pumped. And if they do, they typically, you might book some meetings, but I'd love to see what your show rate is. Yeah, yeah. I doubt there's even meetings being booked, honestly, from that. Um, even when someone expresses interest in a meeting, like, hey, yeah, sure, let's let's chat, let's let's meet, whatever. Even then, we don't send a calendar link. Like, it's our best practice to just suggest two or three time slots. You want to create as a little friction on the prospects end as possible to get on a call with you. But if you send them yeah. a calendar link, even then, it's like now they have to open up the calendar link, look at their calendar, match up times, and, and do all your work for you. You know, and yeah. Just, just a couple of times they'll pick one, send them a, send them an invite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and same with email. Like email's yeah. got to be shorter too. Same yeah. sort of same sort of messaging there. You know, you could put a little more context into email, yeah. but still same same practices. Yeah, with with email, it's really good. Um, so we use like a multi-channel sequence, right? So we'll pair whoever we're reaching out to on LinkedIn, we're reaching out to them on email as well. And, you know, we'll use simple subject lines like introduction, question mark, you know, quick question has been like a timeless one. It always works for like five, 10 years now, I swear. Yeah. Question, yeah. question mark is a, is a really good one. And it just starts off with like, hey, John, tried to connect on LinkedIn. Boom, you have context, right? They're going to open that email. And then yeah. the first line, just make it something that's relevant to them, like a pain point that's relevant. Like, am I like, I know it's tough to you know, meet APIs when you can't do this, or I know it's tough to do whatever, right? That's why like, we're developing a pretty much your solution. And then once yep. you run how you get your thoughts, would you be opposed to a conversation? Same thing. So on email, yeah. I think you are able, you are, it definitely works to have that pain point solution CTA. Um, that definitely works. It doesn't work on LinkedIn too much, but on email that, that works really well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Have it paired with the LinkedIn outreach obviously as well. So, yeah. Yep. And then with the LinkedIn and the email touch, you, I mean, you're laying in the phone. Are you still seeing most meetings booked over the phone when using those other channels or where are you seeing the most, you know, conversion to meeting? So across the board where the best conversions are on LinkedIn, like that's just the channel of, you know, today, this generation or whatever, um, it's the best channel to book meetings. And then after that, like email, it works for some clients. It doesn't work too well for others, right? When we're working with clients that are selling engineering software and we're reaching out to IT engineering, those kinds of people, we don't really get much results on email. We're reaching out to VPs of customer success, getting tons of meetings, mm -hmm. on email, right? So there's seems to be something with these personas and where they're more active and things like that. On the, you know, on cold calling, it's similar. Cold calling will work for some personas. It won't work for others, right? And all three, and, and we tell this to, to our clients during our sales meetings too, is like, if they want to go for that full package, sometimes cold calling isn't a fit. Like cold calling, again, IT, engineering, those kinds of people, not, not the easiest. Cold calling CISOs, like, you know, information security executives, not, not the easiest. Yeah. Um, but we're calling HR and VP of people, VP of culture. We're doing that for one of our clients. And that's actually performing better than LinkedIn and email. Because those guys, we get on a phone, we're able to talk to them, get, you know, have, have a conversation and, and it's converting. So yeah. although LinkedIn is overall the best, it also depends on the persona. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so th thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. 
love this topic, love learning a little bit more about you. Uh, just let all the sales hustlers know where they can learn more about you, what you're doing, where they can follow you or any final thoughts. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, fiveringsmarketing.com, that's that's our website. You know, that's, that's for our agency. But you can find me on LinkedIn, Shaheem Alam on LinkedIn, Firings Marketing on LinkedIn as well. Uh, yeah, feel free to shoot me a message or connect. I'll definitely accept. Um, just, just don't send me essays. That's it. <laughs> or a link. <laughs> or a link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.